Paul Scholes, he got some views recently, didn't he? Before anyone says it, no, I'm not going to eat Mrs. Beard's toenails for a video. <laughs> oh, I'm watching my visit food today. I've seen a few episodes. I thought that had been like your inspiration. I had a little bit of a fracas on Twitter with the Adam Richmond, the, the host. Never. Shouldn't you be off filming this new TV show instead of talking to internet nobodies like me, you big nipple? <laughs> Which is what I call. I just actually, I, I tweeted the rate my takeaway. Can um, I drop you in? Sluice, sluice, sluice. I'm Big Beats Food. And I'm Josh Goodgen. And welcome back to the Breaking Bread Podcast, where each episode we have a good old-fashioned chinwag about some interesting topics, as well as occasionally being joined by a special guest or two. Still waiting on the guests, but you know, we'll get there in the end. How are you doing? Mate, I'm champion. Like, you you do catch me out there, because you, you, sit, you sit here all chilled, you know, you're ready to go, all cameras rolling, I'm with Big Beats Food and welcome back to another... <laughs> you seem excited, you seem excited by the fact I am excited. we're uh, a, a ranking Spotify podcast. I know, I thought you were pulling my leg when you when you told me that. Yeah, were we number 25? Or we were number 25 We were number point? 25, we're creeping up the charts, which is, is quite surprising considering that we've only been going for a couple of weeks. Yeah, considering as well the fact that episode number one was um, the, uh, it was basically just a long-winded story about me um, soiling my undies. Well, so, we, had to, uh, we had to set the tone and it's not going to get any better on this episode. Um, but yeah, man, it's, it's exciting that people are enjoying it. I was quite surprised, didn't know what good it looked like, but... You know, last couple have gone down pretty well. Yeah, pretty happy about it so far. All that being said, mate, we uh, we still yet to receive, even though we're ranking, I must add, <laughs> we are ranking on Spotify. We are yet to get our Spotify deal. I think maybe you have to sustain maybe a period of time in like the top 20 or something. I thought like a couple of weeks it'd be like, right, we're going to just send them some cash. Well, they're probably what, like a, a, like one of those bags with a dollar sign on it. They're probably going to see what, what else we're going to churn out and... Uh, how the, the longevity of, of the podcasts before they offer us that, I think. Mate, rent's due on this place soon. <laughs> this is like episode three. We've got, probably got one more before rent's due, so either you're paying or Spotify's paying. Uh, we'll, we'll just keep the landlord up there. <laughs> some guy actually tweeted, I forgot about this, I, I haven't mentioned it to you, some guy actually tweeted saying uh, something like really complimentary about you, at Beard Meets Food, blah, 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 and then put, uh, well in for keeping Josh in a job. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure I could keep, uh, take the credit for that, but... Uh... Yeah. I, 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 I didn't reply. I thought the cheek of him. Mate, we're, we're not even earning a penny off this yet. <laughs> and Beardad put his hand in his pocket. So this is all, uh, this is the this is as good as it gets. Yeah. I, well, I'm, I'm paying for it in my, my presence. You get the brand. <laughs> you get the brand. <laughs> the dimfluence that you are. <laughs> oh dear. Right. Uh, I wanted to sort of kick off. We've, we've got quite an exciting episode uh, for this one. We're going to talk about your major league, major league eating career and the, just the the idea of being a competitive eater, which sounds really American. Never thought I'd meet anybody in the UK that did it, never mind in Leeds. Um, but I wanted to talk first about, you got a little email, right? <laughs> off, a, <laughs> off, off a bit of a keyboard warrior, as it were. He's, he's actually trying to sell something. That's that's the thing. I sent this to Josh last night because I found it so, it tickled me, it tickled me. But um, we're often talking about the, the things that you get offered and the things that people say to you when you uh, when you make content on, on YouTube or Facebook or TikTok or wherever. And uh, yeah, this dude, I got an email, like this must be, I don't know, 10 o'clock, when, when I, you were asleep, so it must have been late. Yeah, I've got an infant child, I'm asleep by eight o'clock, but it was late on. Yeah. It was, yeah, t- half 10 maybe I get this email. And it says, uh, the title of the email is, Beard, your titles are shit. And I thought, okay. That's, that's, that's kind of like a ballsy way to start a, 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 an email thread. fucking cheek of this guy. Do we to read it? If yeah, you might as well read it. I've okay. forgotten exactly what it says. but So it starts off, it's not like good good evening, good morning. It just says <laughs> none beard. Of that. None of that. 
your videos are awesome, but dot, 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 your titles are shit, exclamation mark, <laughs> which is a bit aggressive. Like there's no pleasantries, no little. bedside manner. Please let me explain why your awesome content would be, would get double the views minimum in brackets minimum. So it's like guaranteeing it with the right title. Common clickbait examples often conform to formats like these. You'll never believe this blank. How to achieve results using this one weird trick. They didn't know blank. Then this happened. <laughs> the aim is often to make content seem more enticing than it might actually be. So it's no, also like, no. but your content is enticing, but your titles are less enticing than your content is. Let's talk titles when you have time. So it's that's, that's fair. Speak soon, Paul. Who the fuck is Paul? Yeah, Paul, if, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm not getting in touch. You're lucky I didn't send you a, a, a highly, um, uh, what's a mischievous email, but normally if I'm in like, kind of a mischievous mood, I might reply to people like that and, and send them something they don't like, but um, not like a dick pic or anything. I mean, just like I'll, <laughs> I'll send something back, which is, you know, like a wise ass remark. But yeah, the funny thing about that, well, actually it's all funny, but um, the funny thing about that is not only is he trying to, sell something i don't know um but he thinks after what seven years of creating content on youtube i don't know about all these lunatic clickbait channels out there which which title their videos in such a way that the uh the people watch them um even though the, the content's not good but my content's who good the fuck is so paul, though? Do you know, like, i don't who, know who is. who's that guy like is it a famous paul has he got like his own famous channel is it paul skulls he got some views recently didn't he i would listen to paul skulls doesn't matter how, <laughs> how aggressive he was i mean he, yeah he's he's into He's into eating too, apparently. Oh my I mean, God, this will work. Before anyone says it, no, I'm not going to eat Mrs. Beard's toenails for a video. Um, but yeah, the funny thing about that, on a serious note is, my titles are not clickbaity for a reason, right? Because I, you don't want to fall into, this is not advice, but like I don't want to fall into that category of, hey, I don't like the idea of clickbait anyway, right? I mean, it's dishonest. Yeah. Um, and B, like, I don't want to be like everyone. You see those titles all the time on YouTube and it, may, it would switch me off. Maybe it's an age thing because I'm old. It doesn't even make sense for your, like, your work. Do you know what, <laughs> what I mean? Would, what would I call when, like, say my last video, uh, I would call it, like, um, what, what, what were the examples I give? You'll never believe this, blank. You'll never believe this man eats five pound burger challenge. It's been done before. People yeah. will believe it, I think. <laughs> yeah, as soon as they click on your channel, they'll just see, like, hundreds of videos. Yeah. They didn't know, blank, then this happened. They didn't know, I'd shit myself. Then I shit myself. That would actually be a good time. We should have used that for the first Spotify episode, <laughs> the, the first podcast episode. <laughs> you know, here's one for you, actually. Those that are listening and watching, can you go and just test it on your Alexa? So can you say, Alexa, play Breaking Bread podcast? Because I tried it this morning, the one in the studio, and it, it said, play episode one of Breaking Bread podcast, the time Beard shit his pants. And I started playing it. <laughs> That's a career high for Class. me. That. Yeah. So yeah, um, so you're not going to be taking Paul upon his offer? No, Paul's not even getting a reply. Cheeky motherfucker. Like I'm, I am gobsmacked that the neck on the, some people. We might be wrong. He might be like an absolute YouTube genius. What's Mr. Beast's real name? It's not Paul, is it? I don't know what his real name is actually. Oh, it's Jimmy. Jimmy, that's what he's called. His real name is Jimmy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure he's called Jimmy. Jimmy Beast? Or Jimmy. has he actually got a real Jimmy surname? Jimmy off, so, off South Park. <laughs> Jimmy. <laughs> and it was that Timmy? Oh shit. <laughs> I, I didn't even really watch South Park that much and I know that. Close enough. On to, the next, uh, on to the next topic of business. Uh, must be a slow news day. Because I saw a title today on the news. Um, breaking news. So it, it must have been slow. Joe Biden breaks wind in front of Camilla. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, what is that on the sun? Or the Daily Star? No, no, this was on TV. This was like was on, on TV. News, on TV this morning, on news. 
And the, 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 so like this was, this was talking about for 10 minutes, I would gobsmack to me. I'm like, what the fuck? That's, how's this on TV? Then they got a yoga expert on. So like a yogi came on and we're like, she then spent 10 minutes saying how she encourages people to fart in her classes and how it's fine for Joe Biden to be going like boffing around at COP26. Well, I mean, he's, a, he's an old bloke now. You, you, there's some kind of muscular laxity when you get to that age. I'm not going to blame him. And, you know, we all, we all do it. I probably wouldn't do it in public. Um, but, I mean, the worst part, there, the most embarrassing part about that is that it was covered on, on TV news for 10 minutes. But then they pulled, so like Yogi got off then, I'll brush my teeth, came back. Yogi's off. Dr. Hillary's on. And he's on a 20-minute rant about... Is he still around, Dr. Hillary Jones? Yeah, yeah, Dr. Hillary Jones. The only thing I remember useful that came out of his mouth was the uh, the meningitis test, you know, with the tumbler. So oh, like yeah, if you, yeah, if you, yeah. If you've got a rash um, and you want to test that it's meningitis, if it's meningitis and not something else, um, then... Acne. Uh, yeah. Um, then you have to roll a tumbler on there, which I thought was good advice, but that's all I remember him for. That and being called Hillary, which isn't a very common <laughs> man's name. True that. Yeah, yeah I, I'm with you on that. That's the only thing that I really remember from him. Because again, I don't, I don't watch news uh, like ever. It just happened to be on this morning. We turned the TV on, and it were, they were talking about fighting. I thought this will be a good topic for the podcast. So I thought I'll just, I'll just see how this plays out. Well, if if that's like on on the you know regular TV, they're talking about fighting for ten minutes. I feel less bad about talking about shit my pants for twenty minutes. On I know, the episode we, uh, there's me like getting on my high horse. You're on your high horse. <laughs> yeah, but like you expect that here. You don't expect that from real like terrestrial TV news, do you? <laughs> right, so the topic of uh, of, the, of this actual podcast, so the, what we actually really want to talk about was um, your competitive eating and really how you actually got started in, in the space of competitive eating. Yeah, I mean, what the, the reason we're doing this, we, 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 I, I want to make sure that uh, we make this entertaining, right? So I'm not going to be talking about eating in every episode. When we get some guests in, I just actually, I, I tweeted the rate my takeaway. We're, we're hoping he gets in, right? So Can um, I drop you an exclusive? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I literally, so I, you must have, obviously, this is what it's taken. The top like that one there, can you see it? Outlook. Hi, Josh. Uh, here's my contact number, Danny, rate, rate takeaway. So is he going to come on? Well, hey, that's he's actually messaged us now. So like, you, Josh messaged him two weeks ago, right? And he probably thought, who the fuck is this guy? Who the fuck Pie-faced him, right? There's me and Paul going, who the fuck is that guy? <laughs> and then I just dropped him a tweet like, what, a minute ago saying, come on the show. And uh, because people ask for it. So like, if, if you want to get someone on the show, we'll try. Um, if somebody's super famous, probably, uh, you know, we, we might not get them, but... Um, Hopefully we can get him on. But yeah, what, what, what I was getting at is, um, yeah, we want to get some guests on. But a lot of people asked after episode number one for me to talk a little bit about um, competitive eating in general. So uh, I, I don't know if maybe people will find that interesting. It's a super weird niche that like most Brits wouldn't even consider. It's, 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 it does feel very American. And I think it probably only got brought to light with Man versus Food back in the day, which probably is one of the most successful travel was it on like travel travel channel? Travel channel? I don't even know. That. I don't think I've ever seen anything else on Travel Channel ever. Yeah, I think that was where it is, and it's probably the most successful show that they've ever had. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. Do you know they've rebooted it recently with a dude called Casey? Yeah, I never actually used to watch the original. I'd seen a few episodes, but I never. Oh, really? People often surprised. I didn't. I wasn't like, oh, I'm watching Man vs. Food today. I've seen a few episodes. I thought that had been like your inspiration. No, no. I like. I, I like the show. Like when I've seen, you know, if it's if there's nothing on TV and I've actually got a bit of time to watch TV, I might put it on. Um. But um, I had a little bit of a fracas on Twitter with the Adam Richmond, the the host. Never. So like, I kind of went off it. I think. After. What happened? <laughs> it was um. Oh, and I'm trying to think back. It was, it it was like it was something over nothing. But like the somebody I think had the like he put up a tweet. I think of some. This was probably about two years ago of something that he had 
maybe like an episode that he had filmed of Man V Food. Yeah. Um, and he said something like, oh, you know, uh, good times. And somebody, not me, somebody had kind of tagged me and said, oh, you know, Beard Meets Food would do that in 10 minutes or whatever. Like, and um, I just kind of liked their tweet, I think, out of just out of kindness, you know. Oh, you know, thanks for thinking of me or whatever. Yeah. And um, he had, like, he replied and and he was quite antagonistic. He, he said, I can't remember verbatim, so I, I, don't, I don't want to say this is what he actually said, but he said something like, oh, you know, I don't care how much this guy eats, like, uh, go away, I'm making better TV shows. And I thought- The um, cheek of him. And he, and like, he tagged me in as well. And I, I was like, listen, dude, like, I, I, didn't, I didn't send you this tweet. Like, I, I, I'm not saying I'm a big shop because I can eat food, you know, that's, that's not me. Um, and then it, it kind of went on a little bit. And in the end, I'm thinking, Surely he's got better stuff to do with his time. So I said, look, shouldn't you be going? I said, what did I, say? I said, look, shouldn't you be off filming this new TV show instead of talking to internet nobodies like me, you big nipple? <laughs> Which is what I call it. And a lot of people like that reply. But yeah, I'm sure he's a nice. He's a, he's a Spurs fan and I'm Arsenal, right? So there's, there was going to be some bad blood there, but like he started it. It's you big nipple. That was your response. I called him you big nipple or you absolute nipple. Or that sounds like, like a padded the body like response. He called somebody a mushroom recently and a lizard. So yeah. you big nipples up there. Yeah, I don't know. But like, yeah, uh, I, 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 I wasn't going to mention that actually. But um, how dare he say that? Because it's not like, so this is the difference between television and what you do. So like, he's just a presenter. He eats a bit of food. They put some nice music and it's all produced to make him look really nice. I, Whereas, did, I, didn't, I didn't care. Like, the weird thing was like, he, he put out a tweet saying, oh, it was a good time. And then somebody else says, oh, Beard Mixed Food would do this. Just, you know, people just, you can ignore that, right? It doesn't, doesn't mean anything. But I think it was the fact that he then said, oh, I don't care if you've, um, how, much, how much you can eat or, you know, if you've been to Nathan's, nobody cares. I'm like, oh, well, okay. I didn't text, I, I didn't tweet you in the first place. It, w- it wasn't me. Um, this but, yeah. Adam Richman, if you, obviously you'll be watching this because we're ranking on Spotify and, or you'll be listening to it at least. So if you want to sort of air this out, you are more than welcome to come to Leeds, come to the studio. Come on the show, Adam. And, and we'll talk about it. Because often when you you read things or you write things, it can be taken out of context. It's a bit like an email and it can sometimes come across abrupt, but when really... Yeah, I mean, there's, there's good sentiment I'm, I'm, it. most people know I'm, I'm not I'm certainly not a confrontational kind of guy. Um, I, least, saw you, I saw you on the train with that dude. <laughs> yeah. no, but that was his, he's, again, he started it. I go, I probably have like a quick uh, trip switch, right? But um, yeah, that, that was odd. He's, he seems like a nice guy. Though. I, I, I like the show. I've got nothing yeah. against him, apart from the fact that he's a Spurs fan. I can, I can tolerate that. <laughs> I do like it. And the show, the, the, I thoroughly enjoyed the show when it ran. He deleted the tweet though as well, which that shows you where the culpability is. So uh, can we just get a little description coming up on, on screen now that says what culpability actually means for the rest of us? The fact that he d- deleted the tweet, I think, showed that he was the guilty party and being ah. the aggressor in the um, in the little tete-a-tete we had. Beautiful. So back to uh, competitive eating. Now we've just hammered Adam Richmond for five minutes. So that'll be a nice little uh, clip for our Clips channel. Check it out and go subscribe if you aren't already. Um, take us back to the day when you realised that, you know what, I can eat something back when... I guess there was less facial hair. You're probably a little bit smaller, which is surprising because you're like a miniature man anyway. <laughs> Take us back to the point where you thought, as a little human, I can eat copious amounts of food and I can probably get better at it. Yeah. What, when, what, when was, what was the year? Come on, paint a picture for us. It was us. like seven, uh, seven years ago. So we'd been like, what, 2000, end of 2014, maybe two, beginning of 2015. Yeah. Um, and I was sat there as a regular sized human of five feet, 10 inches. Um, and uh, no, I, everyone, I, I, I've mentioned the story a lot, but like uh, I essentially got into it because 
I used to like pretty much live in the gym, right? I've mentioned this before and I did a, a like a really long diet where I got really, really lean just um, for the sake of it really, just <laughs> to see if I could. And then after I was done with that, um, uh, uh, Mrs. Beard said to me, she's like, oh, I've seen this food challenge at this place in York and you had to go and eat like 12, 12 burgers, a pound of fries and two pints of milkshake or something like that. And I, I went and, and uh, did it and yeah, um, it, I just thought it was fun, you know, and uh, I didn't have a camera with me at that point. Um, and I think only one person had done it before maybe. And uh, so I kind of thought, well, that's that's decent, you know. And I did a couple more just uh, for fun, you know. Um, and like on a weekend, we would just go travel somewhere and scoff a bunch of food, see if I could do it. And it turned out more often than not, I could. And then, uh, yeah, I, I got to the point where I realized that you could, um, you know, you could do a ways to get better at it. And uh, I, I think it all stemmed from the fact that, again, a lot of people know I eat one, one meal a day and I've done that from, I don't know, like my mid twenties at the, the latest, I think. Um, and obviously that gives you higher than average stomach capacity, but I think it's probably useful as well to, to kind of define, clearly define what that there's a difference between competitive eating and doing food challenges, right? For me anyway. So a lot of people ask me about what is competitive eating like. Yeah. So if, if you're, if I shoot YouTube videos, which is my thing, right? I've mentioned this before, like what gets me up in the morning is just this desire to make content, which people find entertaining. And obviously it's anchored by food because that's pretty much my only talent in life. <laughs> that so, music. Yeah, that, well, a little, <laughs> but um, yeah, so that's, that's what, what keeps my channel going, right? But competitive, that's not competitive eating, right? If you're eating uh, a food challenge at a restaurant or whatever, to me, that's just, you know, you can eat a lot of food, right? And you yeah. can make it entertaining. That's great, right? A lot of people do that. Competitive eating is entirely separate. To me, competitive eating has to be competitive, right? So if if you go, you, you start doing food challenges, you, I mean, you could change your Twitter bio to say competitive eater, but unless you actually, you know, enter events and compete with other people, yeah. that's what I think of as, as competitive eating. So um, that, that came quite a lot later, you know, when I got into that and sign the contract and stuff. And I think that's what we're maybe going to chat a little bit more about because I think people, people know what I do when it, when it comes to doing food challenges at restaurants or if I'm eating, you know, what was the last thing I did that was McDonald's related? I don't know, probably um, a bunch of apple pies or something like that. Yeah. They're all, for, you know, for a laugh. And That's also something that people can sort of like test themselves against. I yeah, guess, yeah. But that, that's that's supposed to be fun, right? And yeah. saying, whereas um, people I think want to, might want to know what kind of what the ins and outs of actually competing with, you know, you Joey Chestnut, Matt Stoney, all these, uh, they're not household names, but the a lot of names. people now will, will know them, you know, given uh, that we all see stuff on YouTube these days. So how, how does a person go from starting out doing food challenges at restaurants and realizing they've got a bit of a talent? They might watch a beard video and go, oh, a beard can do 16 chicken nuggets and I can do 17, so I could probably have a dabble at that. <laughs> like how does- 16 chicken nuggets. Those first things. <laughs> or they might watch one of your most recent videos and go, why can he eat a 60 pounds with, of black cod on top of, what were it, whitefish mayonnaise? That's one of the most grossest videos. I know it was segueing and it was terrible at this, but like that is the, the grossest video I've ever watched. That was a Larry David sandwich. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Kill Your Enthusiasm. So we, I, I wanted to recreate um, the sandwich. There's an episode where he has a sandwich named after him right at this place called Leo's Deli. But it's a terrible sandwich. It's like white white fish salad, sable fish, which is like an oily kind of type of cod, 
um, and the capers and cream cheese. But um, Matt, I, you know what made me feel sick, and I'm sure everyone else that has watched it and, <laughs> uh, and they're listening can relate to this, is that you you made this sort of like so whitefish salad, yeah, which yeah. is like whitefish mayonnaise and like, yeah. it's like almost like tuna mayo, and then you put this literally steaming hot black cod <laughs> on top of it. And I just thought that's apps like if that's cold and that's hot and soggy because it's going to be soggy because you didn't. It looked oh, that was probably my fault. I'm not sure like if you had it made in a deli, it would they would probably let the the, the sable fish like as soon as you cool start eating it, you're all over your beard and that. Like oh my god! <laughs> I knew that would, that was a bit of a chance of that that video because you, you never really know how stuff like that's going to pan out. But I don't know how. What does, what does Mrs. Beard say to this? Like what? What you, she you're was, going? Oh, I'm stinking now. Your face stinks like fish, and you've got to sit there like boffing fishy farts out and she's poor, poor Mrs. Beard sat there like, oh, how have I ended up with this guy? Safe to, I would say she's used to it now, right? We, we've been together a long time. So um, yeah, I, I, I showered immediately upon getting home. Don't worry. Took a few rinses though to get the smell out my bed. But anyway, um, yeah, the, um, there's a, you, a lot of people that, that get into competitive eating start by just doing some food challenges and stuff like that, you know, or they're into like, um, they, they just eat a lot of food. Typically, actually, people that uh, comp- all the all the maybe top twenty in, in, in major league eating now all come from some kind of athletic background, pretty yeah. much. Maybe a few exceptions, which is partly what leads you to it because you have an elevated um, caloric need, right? And yeah. you typically have a better understanding of nutrition if you're into some. Like I can think of this Ronnie Hartman, who's like a professional wrestler. There's a. Um, Nick Wary was like a, uh, a bodybuilder. I don't know if he's like professional, whatever. He's massive. There's uh, there are people that do like Ironmans. A guy called Derek Jacobs does, does like a bunch of like Ironmans and stuff like that. So people typically come from a, like an athletic background. Um, but yeah, you typically start off by just eating a lot of food. Then um, most people that start doing you know food challenges at restaurants and try you know win a free meal, free t-shirts and stuff. It becomes kind of like a bit of a hobby, right? Yeah. Because there are also in America there are a lot of places where you can win money too, not just uh, oh, yeah. prizes, right? So I've done a couple in like pizza challenges in America where I've won like two hundred bucks for you know. For, you could for, make a good living off that, couldn't you? So you well, a little bit, a little bit of side cash, right? Yeah, if, yeah. if if you're doing food challenges and you're doing the ones where they pay actually pay out, yeah. which um they're common and you barely ever get them over here, but out there they so you, people tend to do it as a bit of a hobby, right? Um, and then if, if they just in, enjoy it and they've got that kind of competition in them, you know, they, they might think, Hey, maybe I could get into doing the contest because for, for me, I didn't even know competitive eating existed. When you think about it, and when I think of competitive eating, I'm thinking like Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest, right? So a lot of people listening to this probably don't even know about the actual professional competitive eating seat, like the sport like element of it. Yeah. Um, but if you do Nathan's famous hot dog eating contest, there's a crowd of 35,000 people watching you eat hot dogs, right? Which is, which is bizarre. Like I realized that. And it were on ESPN one. ESPN are like some sort of sports network. It's on ESPN. Yeah. Oh, and it's God. on, it's on BT sport over here. Cause I think, I, I think what I could say to that is like the only time I've ever seen it is it's probably on man versus food. And it's all, it's all, it almost looks like underwhelming, you know, like, you, you might see five people as average Joe's trying to do like maybe a hot dog eating contest on, on you know, man versus food, just basically in a gazebo in a tent yeah, on yeah. like a, a raised stage that's probably a half foot tall, which you need so people can see them. <laughs> and you go, all right, yeah, Dave from down the road is just eating five and then somebody else is doing six. You're like, all right, so that's competitive eating. Not ESPN, BT Sports. <laughs> like, yeah. So yeah, so most people, a lot of people in America will know that because it's on TV every, you know, Independence Day. And it's even on TV over here now, right? So um, some people might uh, be aware of it, but I, like I wasn't, I'd never even heard of this hot dog contest or 
but that that's the that's the Super Bowl of of competitive eating, right? There's a season normally in like pre-COVID times. There's a season of like forty different events of varying size and scale. So it's like a, a real kind of piece of machinery, you know, that, that, that um, arbitrates it and everything, you know, and it's like a governing body and stuff like that. But I think for me, I always explain it like this whenever I've done like interviews with people or podcasts and whatnot before. Like if you wake up tomorrow and you discover like by some quirk of fate that you're really good at something nobody cares about, right? So let's say we go play, after this, we go play... I don't know, badminton, yeah. right? Or darts. Well, not that people actually like darts, but squash, ping pong, chess, tiddlywinks, whatever, <laughs> lacrosse, right? Think, I don't know who the world champions are at those sports, no. right? But if you discover by some quirk of fate, you are actually, you have a natural ability for it. And then you realize that there is a way you can get better at it. If you have like a natural uh, competitiveness, yeah. right? You might think, well, let's see if I can mix it, right? Because, it, and it's the same with, with eating, right? Like as soon as I realized there's this scene, right, where, where you can compete against the best people in the world at this thing, however daft this thing is, right? And you can win lots of money, you can win prizes and stuff like that. And there's massive crowds at these events. I'm, I'm naturally competitive, especially since I stopped playing, like, you know, football when yeah. I was in my kind of late 20s, you know, um, Sunday League and, and five-a-side and stuff. There's, there's something that you, a competition in me, right? So when I discovered that existed, I thought, well, you know, let's try and uh, let's see if I can throw down and, and, and compete. And I kind of w- went from there really. Well, I mean, so what did your first season look like then? So obviously you're, what's, what's the rookie season look like as, a, as an athlete that you are? <laughs> it's, it, it's, man, it's, it's hard to explain. I think a lot of, I, I almost wish that like I'd had a camera crew with me for it. Just, just, I think because people would find it interesting um, to, uh, to see what happens behind the scenes. In fact, I got a, a, a message, an email not long ago from a, a video production company that did work for Netflix. And they were asking me about like, okay. um, if they, um, if they, if I do like a follow along thing. Um, but that was like before, well, I, I it was in the middle of COVID yeah. and I was like, well, there are no contests right now, but, um, maybe, so maybe they'll be back in touch. I don't know. But, um, if, if anybody's doing a Netflix, like I'm filming <laughs> that. Yeah. I'll, I'll get you it. That uh, Netflix, I'll get that, you in Georgia. Yeah. That Netflix money's got me better than Spotify money. I Let's be honest. <laughs> Tiger King is balling in prison. No, if it's like, <laughs> if, it, if, if it's like TV, man, they, they'll try to pay me nothing. Yeah. But, um, yeah. So it, the, the, the way it works is pretty much like this. So typically the, the you can, you can approach major league eating, right? Which is a, a fed, think of it as like, you know, NBA or major league baseball or something like that which is a, a business, but um, also a, a body which, which um, you know, officiates and controls the sport of competitive eating. Now, I'm not the guy that's going to convince you it's a sport, but um, that's at the, the elite level, that's how it's, how people treat competitive eating, right? You talk about a top 10, certainly a top five, but um, yeah, you, uh, you can approach them or they can approach you and offer you like a contract, right? It's a heavy contract. You have to sign this contract to compete in their events, which you waive like image rights and stuff. So like, um, there've been a couple of times, uh, tw- twice actually that I've been asked to, uh, to do like a, a TV show in America, like just a one-off kind of a performance thing. Yeah. And, um, I've said to them like, you have to run it by major league game first because they own my image rights in North America. I'm okay over here. Right. But, um, and then they've become like disinterested in it because of that, because Emily might want to take a cut or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but to me, that's no big deal. Cause I'm not, I'm not in it for the money and I don't really worry about um, any limitations it might pose. I get to compete in these contests, right? Yeah. So you sign a contract and um, it's, a, yeah, it's a long, long contract. You committed for three years. So you can't do any other kind of contests um, with other, you know, like uh, 
amateur thing. So you could like, I could walk to maybe an amateur contest in a, like a Python contest or something, yeah. a local village in America and probably win it and maybe win a hundred quid or whatever. But you're not allowed to do that if you're a, a, a major league eating athlete, if you want to call it that, I don't know. But um, if, if you uh, if you compete with them, you can't do that, right? So there's a bunch of limitations. And um, once you sign, then um, you start doing events, right? So most events, you they'll like be posted in the... They, tend to happen at the same time of the season, right? Season runs pretty much from March through to about October, November sometimes. That's a long season, isn't it? Yeah, but I mean, I th- they tend to just avoid like the really cold months, I yeah. think. I think there might be one contest in December this year, maybe. But um, yeah, typically March through to, you know, late or early winter. But um, yeah, and you if a contest comes up you want to do, uh, they'll put that post a you know a newsletter out to all the eaters and be like, right, this contest is coming up. This is the prize money. This is you know these are rules, etc. This is the food, and you'll say like, I want I want to do it. And then based on your ranking, wherever you ranked, um, you might get knocked back from a contest if you're not high enough up the rankings. And there's only oh, so wow. much. Like that's never happened to me because I'm ranked eleventh, right? So, so typically, get in here, that windmilling, <laughs> number eleven in the world. <laughs> well, it's not really that good, eleven, but um. Yeah, the, so if most contests have about 10 places at them, right? So unless everyone in the top 10 is, is yeah. turning up, then maybe I get knocked back, but it's it's not happened to me yet. And uh, yeah, then you start doing uh, competitions pretty much. So do they, obviously, when that newsletter comes out, they're saying, right, it's, it's oysters or whatever. And that, that means that, right, I need to start practicing for this one. Is that the idea? They give you like... Yeah, yeah. You don't know what's coming up, but then three weeks ahead. We, you, you or pre- however long. Yeah, you pretty much know like the the, the big events are all going to pretty much happen every every year, right? So time, oysters yeah. pretty much in, in the normal again like pre COVID, post COVID. You would expect the oyster contest to be in uh, May. I think that one is. Right. There's croquettes in in, in uh, March, um, and you know there's going to be you know Nathan's in July, poutine at the end of the year, and all the other ones. Um, but yeah, you don't. You never really know that they're going to happen until the events agreed and stuff. So do they? Do they like fly you out then? Do they? Play, do they pay for your fly out and say? It de- how does it work? It depends on the uh, like the size of the. Co- so Nathan's, you get flown out and you get accommodation stuff, and some of the big ones will fly, fly you out if you decent if you're decent enough draw, you know, yeah. for the crowd to want to see. But like a, most of them that I did in uh, in 2019, which is my first season and only season so far. Oh, um, shit was um I, I was on my own time right so i never made money from it, even if i did well right so like um even if because my goal was like to place a contest which means come in the money places right yeah. so most contests will pay first down to at least fourth usually and then some of the bigger contests might pay fifth and sixth but to me i always want to come like top four yeah you know um because then i think well at least i've won a bit of cash you know because the, the most that I won in um, 2019, I think was I think I won 800 bucks at the Oysters Contest because I came third, which is my highest finish at that point. Um, but like the, it was, it's in New Orleans, right? So like the plane, and I took Mrs. Beard, right? So the plane tickets were- um, So you spent more on that in garlic bread? Yeah, exactly, yeah. That's, that's no joke. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I'm, but I'm not really in it for the money I'm there for. Yeah. Like, I, it's a, for me, it's an opportunity to, to like meet people because fans will come out and- I suppose you're quite lucky in that sense that you've got your other, I mean, you, YouTube's your own rights and you earn a bit of money off that. So like you can afford to- do that as your full-time job as well as then go do this where i guess some of the i guess some of the eaters won't be they'll be working full-time will they yeah that's the, the thing is like uh, if you think people often ask kind of like how much does a competitive eater make 
which is a bit like asking, what does a tennis player make? You know, it depends how good you are. Yeah. So like somebody like Joey, Joey has a YouTube channel, but he doesn't upload to it regularly. He's not, my, my main thing is making YouTube videos, right? Yep. And I'm a competitive eater second to that. And a podcast host full time. And a podcast co-host. <laughs> yeah. Um, but so Joey's like the opposite of me, right? So he's, the majority of his money he makes from competing at contests, but that's because he's the best in the world. If people don't know who Joey Chestnut is, by the way, he's like, Imagine like the, I don't know, the Roger Federer of eating or something, yeah. you know, he, win, he wins, he's not, he doesn't win every single event, but he's ranked number one and he'll, he'll win lots of prize money. If you think about Joey, especially because he's dom- domestically, yeah. I've got to fly out there, right, to every contest. If you're Joey, you've got to drive there or be driven there and he'll be chauffeured out to every event probably because he's the best, right? Roll out the red carpet. He's like yeah. the Ronaldo of- uh... Exactly, right? So he, he can go to an event like, if there are 40, he won't do every one, but let's say there are 30 events in a year and they pay out five- grand or Nathan is like 10, 12 grand, whatever that is. Oh, that's my next question. What's the highest, what is the highest purse for a competitive? Nathan's MLA? is the biggest one. But, and the purse for that is actually, it's weird because um, Nathan's is the only one which is divided between a men and women's contest, which is strange. I don't know why they, they do it that way. Um, but so you, I think 12, 12,000 quid to win Nathan's, I think. Right. In both the men and the, the women's. Yeah. And then it'll pay out like well to, you know, second. To, like I came, I did fucking awful at Nathan's, right? My, my first time. Um, and I came like 10th out of 20, which I mean, it probably dictates my ranking quite well. I'm ranked 11th, right? Um, but I, I did really bad. Like I, I could have done way better than I did. But even for that, I think I got 300 bucks right. for coming like 10th. So I'm like, I got it in the, in the mail. I'm like, why did I get this? You know, I did so, so bad. But like, so first, second, third, it's thousands, right? Yeah. Um, but like a lot of the, some of the smaller contests st- still play out well, you know, like I think Putin was 5,000 or something like that. So like if, if you're somebody that can definitely, you know, you can go to an event and definitely win it or definitely be in the top two, yeah. then you could make, cause Joey's like, that's his full-time thing, right? Wow. Um, but most of the, like outside the top three or top five, at least, like, yeah, top three, even you can't make a living from it, you know, cause you, expenses even aside you, you you're not going to be able to unless you're really really good you can't and you can't most people can't compete with with you know Joey and, and there's a guy called Jeff Jeff Esper Darren Breeden Matt Stoney uh, but even I mean like Matt's certainly you can at least beat Matt right but there are most most of the people in the top three are, are kind of all, Matt, almost untouchable. Matt Stone is coining it on both sides though like he, his videos on YouTube will do a, a, like millions of views overnight and then obviously yeah. if he can rank as well in the the top places you can earn on both both sides of it. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's miraculous that Matt even comes to that. That speaks to his character actually because he's a, such a nice guy, Matt. But um, you, I remember I, I asked him. I think at the Poutine contest in 2019, I, I said like, "Why do you still do contests, Matt?" You know, and I, I think he genuinely does it just to meet people. You know, like you yeah. know, the people that watch his channel. It's an opportunity for him to like in a controlled environment. He's doing some eating, right? So people can watch him and support him on stage. Then afterwards, he can say, you know, spend a little bit of time with fans and stuff, which is nice. But yeah, for him, I mean, the prize money compared to what he will be earning on YouTube is absolutely minuscule, you know? So, uh, but a lot of people that do it do it f- f- because they have a passion to compete or something. I Fair think. Play. Well, with, with the passion, and obviously the passion to compete and compete at a high level would come with the training. So, what does, what does training look like for an event? Because I, I remember. David Blaine did his water trick, didn't he? Like where he, a gallon of water and some petrol and he spat the petrol out. And I, I thought, without the petrol, the g- gallons of water is what in my head, I think. I've never ga- seen that David Blaine trick. Have you not? No. Uh, yeah, he basically next a gallon of water and then drinks some sort of like fuel. 
and obviously the fuel is <laughs> it sits on top of the water, so then he can spit that out and spit flames. And he then has to get rid of all this water in his body. It's a common like it's a thing. Uh, okay, no, I, for me, um, it 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 depends. Like everyone trains in like different ways, and there's some stuff that people do which is weird and 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 dangerous that that like I wouldn't get into, but. To me, there's there are there are many elements of people think of eating as eating, right? Yeah. They think of you think of you sitting down and eating your your dinner or whatever, or your bre- breakfast, brunch, whatever, and they think of that as just eating, right? But the act of eating, especially in a competitive environment, comes down to like a number of different disciplines, right? So the first, like the foundation, is have, having enough space in your stomach, right, or having the, the, a stomach which can expand to the extent that you can put enough food in it that you can compete with other people that can do that. Right. So that's, that's kind of capacity training. that's something that you like, if you, if you do what I do, like on, on YouTube, you, especially having done it for so many years, you kind of sustain a, a, a it's not, a, a lot of people think it's like a, a weird, like a God given or, or biologically given talent that you yeah. realize at the age of 18, like, Oh, I can eat a lot. It's not, it's just a, like a daft adaptation. Right. So the, for me, that's because I did one meal a day, right? And one meal a day of like vegetables and salad and stuff. So that naturally expands your stomach compared to somebody who eats, you know, breakfast, lunch, dinner, yeah, short intervals, small amounts. So that's something I've always kind of had and just built. When, when I go to a contest, um, I would just try and build on that, right? So I would eat like, I would do larger, uh, the, the videos that I do are probably more geared towards eating more amounts of, you know, larger amounts of food. Yeah. But I think once, for me, I, I, I tend to sustain that. Re- did you well. did you describe it as like an elastic band? Your stomach's like an elastic yeah. band. But yeah. I imagine your stomach is a bit like a saggy. Like a, I imagine like a, a saggy elastic band. <laughs> That's what it is. Yeah, it's 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 basically like um, if you you uh, you know when you have those old elastic bands, you find it at your grandma's house, which have been used like a thousand times, and they're a little bit less taut than say a brand new elastic band. That's pretty much it, right? Um, so you've just got a saggy flappy one. Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, <laughs> in more ways than one, but, um, it's funny though, because you, most of these adaptations are temporary as well, because, um, I remember like the, the, be- the highest capacity I had was right before the 2019 poutine contest, yeah. which is the one which I mentioned a lot because it was probably, I didn't place that. Well, I think I came sixth, I think. And how much did you eat? I ate 16 and a half pounds of poutine in 10 minutes, which it, this is what I was going to get onto. That like I couldn't if you put that amount if you put half of that in front of me now that'd be a struggle right so that shows you that but that's because to me I would never train to to just to do like daft videos I don't right? think I, I, like let's just, just touch on this for a second sixteen and a half pounds so like in the UK what's that in kilograms just so we've got like a, a, an idea in kilograms roughly uh set about seven point six I think seven point six kilograms so it's like two newborn babies pretty much so that's the, like. I would know, like when you've told me that before, I've not quite understood it. Like you can't really picture what that actually looks like until I had a baby that was like six pounds, right? <laughs> and you've done 16 pounds. So like there's a human there, just, yeah. just freshly born, six pounds. You've done like nearly three of that human. Then you go, fucking hell, that's a lot of food, that. Yeah, but that's that was a, that was a whole, in fact, that, I almost think that that, that contest kind of killed my, uh, my hunger, if you'll excuse the pun, a little bit for contest because- like I think people often look at what I do right they'll look at my YouTube videos and be like that's unhealthy yeah whereas like you do a food challenge at like a restaurant's eight pounds or whatever and then you you account for the the you know eating badly by five days a week under eating and eating you know good nutritious food 
that's that's good with respect um i know enough about the human body that that's that doesn't do any harm right yeah. any real harm if you think about the mechanical effects of eating 16 pounds of food that's a totally different matter right so oftentimes when it comes to doing contests you would people laugh at this if i if when i put it like this but you or i certainly treat it like uh like maybe a boxer or a ufc fighter right in the, they don't stay fully peak trained do they all year yeah, yeah. our boy paddy pimblet puts <laughs> on like 30 pounds between each uh, event um but like i don't i wouldn't do it full full time right no. because it's, it's it, put, it puts a lot of stress on your body so like for me i would build up to like a contest coming up in a month okay i might build up to it right yeah if you think about it, it's not so much the effects it might have on your heart or like that it's unhealthy food. If you think about putting 16 pounds of something inside your body, you, I mean, that's naturally going to mechanically have a, a, an effect on like, think about your organs being pushed and stuff like that. So that, that stuff is like, and, and like, I know, I know I might have mentioned it once or twice in the podcast that you are pretty small. Like you're, you know, you're not a big human. So, I'm not, no. so to have 16, like I'm six foot two, right? And you couldn't imagine trying to carry a, like even I'm like, I don't want to carry a baby. But for you to be the size that you are to put 16 pounds of, of anything with it, it, it actually seems unbelievable to say that you, you that one organ can stretch that. What about the, like after that then, what about the effects that like, obviously from like, at least we're getting technically, like the chemicals, like you'll have insulin spikes and stuff from like the sugar or the salts or like. To me, it, it would depend on the facility. There are things I, I know I can do um, safely. So, like, I would never do an ice cream eating contest, right? I'd never. Right. Like, you told me that there's like the World Ice Cream Eating Championships because you know you're going to have to do tons of it because there's no technique involved, right? And the amount of sugar in it is going to be absolutely insane. So, to me, I, I would never. You'd have to do like th- I don't know two and a half gallons of ice cream to to win that. You, well, you've done big sort of sugary content just videos before. Like, what's what's the effects of like? I, I'm sure I saw a video where you did a, a dairy milk bar that were like this oh, big. Yeah. Yeah. What was the effects of the of, on on the body after that? Just as an example. So like sh- sugar is is the one thing you you that really cake I think is um, potentially dangerous in like in the short term, right? right. Um, but unless you exceed the LD50 for table sugar, you're not going to die. What's LD50? So LD50 is how they measure like something which is poisonous to the human body, right? So like LD50, like the chance of, I think they measure it in rats, right? But the like the chance that that means there's a 50% you dying if you consume X amount of something. And you would have to eat a lot of sugar for that to happen, right? But um, I would never do anything. I'm not an idiot, right? I'm, although my, people might look at me and think, oh, he's a YOLO, right? I, I know enough <laughs> about like how the human body works that so I'm not going to... Um, I'm not going to kill myself just for eating some food, right? But like, if you eat sugar, the, the worst effect is like that. There's uh, immediately you're hot, right? Because of the amount of sugar that you're taking in, and then you you have a, a huge crash afterwards because um you, you know you, you energy peaks and then once that and you just feel terrible. It's hard to articulate sugar, but like I mean, most contests aren't really sweet things, so. What about um, like salty things then? Because like obviously they're cramping and dehydration and all that sort of stuff. Yeah, you get cramp. You get cramp a lot after poutine. I had a lot of cramp because it's. I mean, poutine is is uh, fries, cheese curds, and gravy, right? And there's a lot of salt in in, in that, especially yeah, yeah. the gravy. So I remember, like, actually, when I got back to my hotel room afterwards, um, you know, where you put your socks on. So that, and the, the top part's elastic. Yeah, yeah. There was like an indentation of where my sock was, right? Because all the, the sodium goes, uh, and, and the water, right? Because for, for every, um, if, you, if you're eating, consuming something with a lot of sodium in it, then you, you hold water 
Yeah. And especially with carbohydrate too, for every gram of carbohydrate you eat, I think you retain something like four milliliters of, of water, like in your, in tissue, right? So, um, yeah, like I had a, a big indentation in my in my calf, right? But th- I think the thing is, is people often w- would think, uh, th- hear that and think, oh man, that's terrible. Yeah, but that's, it's, it's no different in my mind um, than say, if you're a, if you're an MMA fighter, it's not healthy for you to get kneed in the fucking head repeatedly, <laughs> you know? It's not healthy for you to get your arm broken. It, it all comes down to, I think, common sense, right? And if you think, oh, okay, I can ramp up to this event yeah. and I can do this one event and I'm gonna feel like, I'm gonna feel dreadful after it, but it's for the sake of competing in something. And it's maybe something, you, I think I did eight contests in 2019. So not that many. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, the, the after effects are pretty bad. Actually, poutine wasn't too, apart from the, the salt, that one was, despite the fact that was the most I'd ever eaten, um, that wasn't that bad because it's mostly carbohydrate. So yeah. it, it digests really easy. That's funny because most people think like, you know, bread and, or chips or whatever is, is hard because it swells up, but it's easy to digest. Stuff like meat is the hardest. Yeah, well, what's the worst after effect that you've had from a, a, any challenge or any competition? Like what's the worst thing that's ever happened to you? <laughs> Probably the worst thing ever happened to was, um, it wasn't doing a contest. It was, I did like 13 pints of Ben and Jerry's, I think. Like this was a long time ago. I don't know why I thought it was gonna be a good idea. After you just referenced uh, ice cream before. Yeah, exi- well, this is one of the reasons why, because I remember f- like finishing 13 pints of, of Ben and Jerry's, right? And I'm like, oh, that's a cool video. Um, and then I, I got like, I got up to kind of get out of my seat um, at the table where I was filming. And my, my actual quads went into cramp, right? So like, it's normal for me to get cramp in my car for, you yeah. know, like my forearm or That's whatever. That's pretty common, isn't it? But like th- these went, so I actually, I actually sit down and I sat down like, like they were in constant cramp for like, and I, was, I remember she, I was like, I was like, Lynn, Lynn, <laughs> I can't get up. And um, that's just the effect of like, they say cramp is, um, it's predominantly, you know, like chemical imbalance in your, in, in your muscles. But it's, I, I think whenever I eat a lot of sugar, I get severe cramp, right? But uh, yeah, you, you would never want to do that because that's kind of bordering on like, that's pretty dangerous. Yeah, well, what's Mrs. Beard say to that? Because I know like if I've gone out on a night out, for example, and uh, I might have had a few too many drinks and, you know, you feel sorry for yourself on the sofa the day after. And Mrs. like, that's your own fault. I own that yeah, shit. I mean, she's not sympathetic. No. no. But it's, it's rare to me that I feel like that. But a lot of people say to me, they'll be like, oh, can you do a, like an aftermath video? Like a lot of other eating channels, they'll do like aftermath videos. And I'm like, to me, that's just a gimmick. There's, there is no aftermath. You feel a bit lethargic, you know? Yeah. Um, and even when I did the, the, the poutine contest, like I said, that, that's the most I've ever eaten. That Like I felt lousy afterwards. And the worst part, I think, almost there was that there was a there was a big queue like there's like 20 people waiting there and i'm thinking at first i'm like these are, must be to meet matt right backstage and they, they weren't there was like i mean they, maybe they spoke to matt or, or whatever as well but they were queuing up to to like get a picture with me and talk to me and stuff um matt probably had a bigger queue of like 300 people or something but yeah, like yeah. I, I was so i thought oh man like you, you feel like pretty bad after a contest right because it's not only just the fact that you have a lot of food in you and you feel a bit lousy it takes lots of energy you feel like you've just done a you know like a sprint or something yeah, yeah. So I'm sad. I'm like, oh, I need to come across really, you know, like I'm, I'm enthusiastic with these people when I feel terrible, you know? Oh my and I, you know, I did, to be fair, cause I was, I was absolutely buzzed after that contest because that was the one where I, like I, I mentioned all the time, but that was the one where I beat, beat Matt, right? And yeah. I had said competition. I, so it didn't matter to me that I, and I, because I'd eaten so much food, I was thinking I, I'd never be able to eat that amount. Um, afterwards, I kind of, I was on a bit, like, even though I didn't do that well, rich. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was, cause I was thinking like, I never thought I would do that, you know, especially my first season. So like I felt, um, yeah, I, I was, I imagine like after, you know, 
after any kind of athlete has done something that they're, they're, they're happy with. You're riding the high. You kind of feel a bit of a buzz, yeah. I remember walking back to the hotel actually afterwards because I was, I was really, I was probably like a mile, half a mile away from, from where the contest happened. Um, and I'm walking like with put like this dry poutine <laughs> oh in my, my beard God. and it's all over my like my because you, you get a bunch of debris right and if they'll deduct your debris and stuff so it's all over my jeans and stuff and I'm just walking through Toronto like in the middle of Toronto like it's all these office buildings and stuff and I'm there wearing this like orange like beanie hat thing like this, this ridiculous outfit and I'm just covering poutine people probably thought I was I bet you were dead sexy Mrs Beard I bet oh, yeah. she couldn't wait to jump on you yeah, Congratulations! Well, luckily, yeah. she wasn't there. <laughs> oh, she not. She was watching at home. It was uh, it was uh, it was on um, they streamed it um, on because they, they I think they recorded it for local TV in in, yeah. in Toronto, but they you, they were streaming it and the coverage was actually really good. You got me like I did like a little dance on the way out because I I was I was the only contest I've ever been booed at. I don't know if it's like a Commonwealth thing because you know I was like a British. Yeah, kid. yeah. So yeah. like the, the the number like so they all they introduce all the eaters right. And Matt goes out and Joey goes out and it was like, because eh, they know him and stuff. And then I think Darian went out before me and he's like the number one ranked eater in Canada, right? He's, he's the guy that he's met with recently as yeah, well. Yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like their home, he's a home boy, right? And everyone's like, yeah. So the crowd goes up. I'm like, oh, that's nice for Darian, right? Because um, everyone knows Matt and Joey are going to get the biggest cheers and stuff and maybe Mickey. Um, and then... Uh, yeah, so I come out and they're like, oh, you're from, uh, you know, Britain's number one competitive eater, like, which is how they always introduce me, right? And I, I come out and they're like, boo, boo. <laughs> I'm not sure if it's like some kind of leftover residual hatred uh, yeah, uh, yeah. from uh, the whole Commonwealth thing. But Was it intimidating? Did it put you off? Or? No, man, that contest was the, the best. It, even though it wasn't the best I did, it was my favorite. I, I, I like that more than I like Nathan's. Even though the crowd was, I don't know, maybe one fifth the size probably not even that yeah but it was weird because i did so i, I started that season really well because i you have to remember like, i went into that season because i i'll tell you a couple of the motivations for for why i started doing mle because not everyone does right there's a lot of people that have eating channels on youtube very few of them actually complete p yeah. major league eating. and for me it was um not only the fact that i'm competitive but also the fact that you get you always get people in the comments right who will say like you suck, right? You're not, you're not as quick as this guy. Or you shit. Like, cause I'm naturally not that quick of an eater, right? You or, suck. Yeah. <laughs> you suck, man. Um, and you get, it was also a time, I remember in 2019 when people were faking videos all the time, right? So you would get like, people would, would say like on, on my comments, like, oh, this, this is fake, right? And everyone in the eating scene, in, especially in Major League Eating, knows what channels fake their videos, right? And they can't Ooh. do it in real life. But uh, I'm not going to say, cause I'm not digging people out. But like, <laughs> You would get you by by association almost. You would get people in your comments saying, "This is this is fake," yeah. you know. And I'm, I remember thinking, "Well, you know, what? I could, I, let's go out there and throw down with somebody in front of a, a, an audience with a refereed events and stuff, and I'll fucking show people, you know, yeah, what I yeah. can do." And so that that one was great for me because after that contest and after that video went up, I very rarely got people saying, "Oh, you know, Matt Stoney could do it quicker," or "Joey Chester could do it quicker," or "These are fake." Nobody says it anymore. So you just link it. You're like, yeah, I'm just like, like, go yeah, watch me yeah. like sixty hour pounds, you know. Not that's, I'm not trying to be a big shot. It's no, just no, eating yeah. food, you know? Mate, that's your, but like, like, this is your career we're talking about. It's like, you, what's the what's yeah. the pinnacle of your career, you know? It's like when I think about what's the pinnacle of my career and all the, the amazing videos that I've made for all these massive organisations at, like, Man United or Badminton England. But I always say, it's the Gallic Red Song, <laughs> right? <laughs> that in was a, great, though. In a shed in Glekeaton, <laughs> full of asbestos. <laughs> that's the pinnacle of my career. Until we do the next one. <laughs> but, yeah, what, what, what I was going to say is that, like... Um, yeah, that was my motivation for it. So 
for me, like for people to, if people say I can't do something, it makes me very, very likely to go and try to do it, you know? Yeah. So like if I go to an event and, uh, I knew as well because I did, I did really bad in, um, I did the gyoza contest in, in LA, right? And that's a, that is a massive contest as well. And I don't know what it was. I just had a proper shit day. I was fucking terrible, right? I finished, I think I finished 10th at that out of 20 and I should have done so much better, right? And that was going to be my last, that was in August, I think, or early September. And that was in my head, that was going to be the last event I did that year. And I thought I can't end like that because I started really well. I finished like fourth uh, in my first event, third at Oysters, fourth, I think at Strawberry Shortcake, which is another contest, um, which is was fun for me, right? Because it's uh, desserts, cake. First time I qualified, I qualified for Nathan's, which like no other British person had ever done on British soil, uh, on sorry, on American soil. So I was like, oh, I'm riding a wave. And then I got lax before the Skioza contest came 10th. I thought I don't want to end with, you know, like a yeah. 10th place. So I kind of came into um, the poo team one, knowing that like Matt would be there, Joey would be there and like all the best would be there. I'm thinking, right, I'm going to fucking, I'm throwing down here, right? I'm, I'm doing my, the best I can. Um, so coming and it's weird because coming to that event, I would like, I never really get nervous before on, but there's like a sense of apprehension, you know, before yeah. you go on stage and you think you don't want to make a dick of yourself. But before that event, you can see there's actually a video, I think on the video that I posted of it, I got like uh, Lynn's watching the, Lynn's took a screenshot of like me coming out on stage and I'm yeah. like, I'm doing this weird dance to the music. I don't know why I'm just like wiggling <laughs> and everyone's like booing and I'm just like going out on stage <laughs> trying to wind them up and you're playing the heel a little bit. But, um, I, no, I don't get If the more people boo, the probably the better I'm going to do. That was supposed to rhyme, but. <laughs> What's, the, so you just mentioned then like you don't want to make an idiot of yourself, but like what, the repercussions of a bad day at the office for you are pretty extreme. Like has anybody actually like died or almost died in a an eating competition? Like, cause I know we joke about it, like almost being like this fun sort of thing, but like that shit can get real. Like surely it can. Yeah, man, in, in contests it can. It's, it's funny because like, well, not funny, but it's, it, people die all the time doing eating contests, but it's never major league eating contests, yeah. right? Because it's it's typically people that are, quotes, professional competitive eaters or whatever. The people that do, that are good enough to compete in major league eating know well enough their own limitations, right? And what they can do and what they can't do. And I think a lot of the time when you hear about people dying, which is really sad, like there was one a couple of years ago, I think like on a uni campus or something where a person had died, I think in Australia, they, would, they died eating like some kind of, I think it was like a sponge cake or something. And they died because at this event where they didn't have any, they weren't allowed water, right? So right. like, which is mad, right? When I, when I hear about like a contest or like some kind of food challenge at the restaurant and they don't allow any kind of liquids, you just asking for someone to die because like the, the easiest way, if, if I'm choking, I know how to save myself. There's very little chance of me actually dying right. by choking, right? I know how to save myself. Well, then how's that? Well the, well, the first thing I do is like, if, if I was actually choking, I'd probably, I'd probably try and, uh, well, I'd, I'd drink water first, right? So I just, push as much as like I put like normally at contests it's uh, you get bottles you know like yeah, the yeah yeah ones you can crunch up so I just push it in as much as oh, I could so like pressure pressure yeah. to push it down and if that didn't work then I'd probably you could kind of do like a self Heimlich right where you push your stomach upwards or something like that it's unlikely that I would I, I think anyway that I would ever choke I've been close a couple once or twice um and just 
because I've swallowed too much, you know, like in the heat of the moment yeah, or whatever. Yeah. But not not to the point that like I'm actually in fear of my life. Because is that like a, from a technical standpoint? You know, when we see you on your videos, you, you're scrunching stuff up in your hands and then you're like taking it. Is it because you know exactly the, like the quantity that you can sort of not have to chew? Do you have yeah, to chew yeah. it or not chew and then just swallow it? Is that the thing? Yeah, so it's, it's everyone has like a, a different style of eating, I think. But like for me, it's it's, it's like a, a methodical thing. So I, I, I'll bite and then swallow. So I only bite the amount that I know I can, in a contest, I mean. Yeah. I'll only bite the amount that I can swallow. So you'll see, I depending on what I'm eating, it'll be like drink. Yeah, drink. Yeah, yeah. So all I'm doing is I'm it's, I'm, it's almost like you're not really eating it, right? You, you, you just, bite it and then you kind of keep it pushing it down with water, right? Yeah. But then there are other people who are like way risky, right? That you see like some of the stuff that like, I've seen a woman eat a, a, a piece of meat the size of a fist. I'm not <laughs> even taking the piss. I'm, I'm being serious, right? And I think that's like, that's maybe it's just like a mentality thing. But when I go on stage, I'm thinking I'm not dying for the sake of competitive eating, right? I'm not a lunatic. <laughs> to me, to me, like this is, it's not more important than your life, right? And I think it's, there's, a, there's a weird sense of enthusiasm amongst people that like it becomes like a sport, you know? Yeah, you know, yeah. like there, there, was a, there was a famous study done a few years ago that interviewed, I think, Olympic athletes. And they said like, if it, if it cost you your life to get a gold medal, would, would you take that? And they were like, yeah, that's fine. They were that dedicated to it. And I think there are people that are kind of that zoned in. Yeah, yeah. In every walk of life that they would do it. For me, no. Like I'm there to have fun, to see people, to put on a show but competes the best of my ability. That does not involve me dying, yeah. right? But um, yeah, you, whenever you hear about people dying, it's almost always at like amateur events where they thought, oh, we'll put on this eating contest, not have like an EMT. Like Emily, you have, you have like about six EMTs, uh, like paramedics yeah, at every, yeah. um, every event. So like, if you do start choking, then you, you're probably going to be saved or they at least might know how to do a- Tracheotomy. Well, yeah. So you might, you'd probably be all right, but- Could you It's mad that we're even talking about this in relation to just competitive eating. Yeah, it is. What, but I mean, like there are dangers in, in every, I don't say again, sport, but like there are dangers in every activity. Yeah, yeah. I think for me though, it, I could never see that. Like I would never get to the point where I think I need to win this so bad. I am prepared to risk swallowing a chunk of food, which is too large for me to potentially swallow. So it's, it's really all about just technique and repetition than, than I think, you know, risking that. I mean, it wouldn't be on ESPN if there was a risk of somebody like dying, you know? Cause so like all the top 20 kind of pretty much know their limitations, I think. We, might, we can cut this out if you don't want to use it, but did, I, did you once tell me that you saw somebody eat chicken wings with bone in? So like just swallowed a chicken wing? I didn't see it, but I, I, I like in the golden age of uh, major league eating, right? So like about 15 years ago when it was first becoming really popular, a bit before like YouTube was like a massive thing. Um, there were a bunch of like really, really good competitive eaters who were getting by like on their prize money, right? So that, that was how they, so they were, the events were really competitive. So they've got mortgages to pay, so they're like, they're like I'm having this. Yeah, so I was, uh, I, I somebody told me, I won't see who, because I don't want to dig them out, right? But somebody told me they had seen Joey at a contest. Yeah. A chicken wing eating contest, right? It's neck and neck, pretty much, right? Because at this time, there's three or four competitive eaters who are about the same, right? So every event's somebody different winning. Um, and they, they'd look across and Joey's, um, you get to like the last minute maybe. And that's like, that's when that kind of- Fight or flight. Yeah, fight or flight, that yeah, kind of yeah, instinct yeah. comes in. Like I remember a poutine, I'm, like I must've almost thrown up about three or four times in the last minute, but you kind of use pushing past that, you know, cause in the last minute, it's kind of like the crowd's hyped yeah, up. Yeah, and yeah. Like, That's the most dangerous time in the last yeah, minute. Probably. <laughs> but like, he, yeah, he, so he looks across, he sees Joey and Joey just kind of, he, that he realizes everyone's pretty much neck and neck and he wants to get ahead. So he starts fucking throwing these, 
like I don't know how many, but like some chicken wings with bones in them, right? Oh. So this this is an anecdote, right? I didn't see this. I don't I don't know if it's true, but like the person that told me it's a, it's it's a is, legend. Is, this, it? it's, they're a trustworthy source, right? So I can imagine, and I can. This dude treats it like it is like there's a documentary about uh, Joey Chestnut and uh, another guy called uh, Takeru Kobayashi, who pretty much were the kind of they were the godfathers of uh, modern day competitive eating. Right? There's a documentary about them on AS that was on ESPN, and it showed Joey's training routine, man. And he's like, you wake up in the morning, and he's like, uh, you ever see those jaw exercise balls? Yeah. You can put them in, you chew. And he's dangling like a fucking five kilo plate off at something. <laughs> he's like, hang <laughs> on. Like, and I'm, that, that's why they call him Joey Joe's chestnut, right? And I'm thinking, man, I don't have it in me. Like, it, I always think of myself as, do you watch tennis? No. Right, there's a, there's a guy, that, that, uh, uh, one of my favorite tennis players, a dude called uh, Nick Kyrgios, right? And I think like, that's like, I'm like the Nick Kyrgios of competitive eating because like, he, he'll, he's like, slightly talented right he's like he's top i think he's like ranked at top 40 or something bit of a joker plays off of the crowd a lot and enjoys his tennis right and makes yeah. a, a decent issue living from it right yeah. and he'll always get interviewed at the end of uh you know um matches and they'll be like oh nick you're such a good player do you ever think you'll win like a grand slam like wimbledon or you know the us open he's like no like, well, wait, isn't that kind of defeatist he's like no man it's tennis it's like I'm, I'm i don't have what it takes to do what nadal and federer and djokovic do and like wake up at five and play tennis all day it's like i've got a fucking life to live you know and i think it's the same like with me you know like i could never imagine because I, I wouldn't put that much effort into something that people respect let alone get competitive <laughs> eating you know like I, so to me it's, it's funny because yeah people are saying, oh yeah adam you could beat joey at nathan's i'm like man this dude dedicated his life to eating that's that ain't gonna be me I dedicate my life to entertaining people. Yeah, yeah. That's that's all right. And I can do that with relative safety. It doesn't take over my entire life. But I think the day I'm waking up in the morning, like put, putting some uh, some weights in my mouth and going, <laughs> I mean, I just have to call it quits. What's, just to finish this off then, what are the repercussions of a chicken bone going through the digestive system? Because surely, I mean, like you, you watch these documentaries where people have been like murdered in the woods. After years, <laughs> the bones are still there. So I'm pretty sure that your body itself could not not like get rid of it so you, it would have to pass through the, the organs surely it's coming out one way or the other i don't know but um i try not to think about it but that, that's the whole kind of crazy part of it that like i don't really that, i think that's what you have to be that, that nuts i think to be that good you know because i think it's it's there, there are guys that are like i, I was always a, i was amazed at when i when i marched because i remember at the poutine contest again i remember that one being kind of like a bit of a watershed moment because i thought you know everyone's always saying, oh yeah, you can never beat Matt, you know, because he's one of the greatest of all time, right? And that's not dispute, that's indisputable, right? Yeah. And I'm not for a second saying that I'm as good as Matt. I'm not, right? He's a far better competitor than me. But my whole point was that like, I wanted to get there and show I could mix it with him. Yeah. And the fact that like Matt beat me twice that season, I beat him once. It's kind of like, you know, you, you're in there, you know? Yeah, you're in the, your name's in the hat, innit? But that I think that's only because I think kind of, Matt's probably had the same opinion as, as me now, you know, like you know, it takes a lot to push to like win stuff like that, you know, and it takes a lot out of your body and a lot of practice. Not, it's not even just like the physical effects, the, the time it takes. Like Joey will practice four times a week or something eating hot dogs yeah. for like three months before Nathan's. Like it's ridiculous. If you, if you want, if anybody's like listening or watching this and they've not seen a lot of Joey Chestnut, just get on TikTok. He's got a TikTok now with Joey Chestnut and it's really? literally like, you know, like I think the maximum's a minute and it just... It's that that funny that funny uh, voice on TikTok. Can Joey eat this? And it's like <laughs> a pizza in like thirty seconds. And he's like nails it or like 
Can Joe eat 12 hot dogs in a 60 second? He's like, oh, pause, pause. Why, why is he on TikTok? And not, why, why is he not creating more stuff on YouTube, man? That's where the coin's at. I, I don't know, but he's on there. So if you want to see it, check out, you know, Joe Chestnut on TikTok. Yeah, I mean, but to be like that, it's like, I think it's probably like in any, any quote sport, right? That like the top, the top. <laughs> you keep, you keep well, I do it. I, the reason I do that though is because people scoff at it, but it's not a sport. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm not telling you. This is your TV show. This is your podcast. I don't think darts is a sport though. That's the, I don't think competitive eating is a sport. Yeah. It's, it's a discipline which takes a lot of skill. And it takes a lot of skill and it takes far more fitness than it does to be a, a top class darts player. True that. Look, I hate darts, right? But I understand why people like it. And there's a lot of skill involved in yeah. it, but it's not a sport, man. Like, I don't think F1 is a sport. I don't think snook is a sport, but we say that they're sports. So if those are sports, probably competitive eating is a sport. It takes as much effort. 100%, yeah. But I think you just, most most of us can't get anywhere near those, the, the top 10, uh, top, not top, not 10. Most of us can't get anywhere near the top three, guys. Mate, that, that, this has been a fascinating com- conversation. I'm sure we've dispelled many myths because I, I know how many messages you get about this sort of thing. Have you got any final comments about the whole eating game? Anything else you want to touch on? What, what have, we, have we covered everything that you need to? You wanted to say? Yeah, I mean, I don't. I don't really think it's that interesting. I only really did this because people asked me to, to talk about what it's like. But yeah, it's not. I think people maybe think it's they attach it too much to the whole YouTube part, right? Yeah. When the, the, the act of being a competitive eater doing contests is it's not completely it's, different. It's not glamorous, right? And you have to be really good to make money from it. You can make really good coin if you're really good at it, but it's more about like the, the actual, the events are insane, you know? And um, when you see, you know, if you go up on a stage and you're about to eat a hot dog, you see 35,000 people in the crowd. Some people, as far as the eye can see, I think that's like full full um, capacity at Ellen Road, right? Uh, Pretty yeah, much yeah, 38,000 there. Yeah, yeah. And I think, man, I wouldn't watch football from that distance, let alone some idiot eating hot dogs, you know? <laughs> Especially so think, your size. Yeah, I mean, I would have been like, a spe- you know what's so, so funny about that though is, at that, I think they did this on purpose. <laughs> at that event, they put me next to, um, I was between a guy called um, George Chigger and another dude called Gideon OG. And Gideon is like fucking seven feet. He makes you look tiny. <laughs> and George is up taller than you as well. He's probably six, eight or something. Yeah. And I'm sat, and people were like messaging me, like watching the contest. They were like, we didn't realize you were so small. I'm like, I'm not, I'm like 5'10", <laughs> but these guys are giants, you know? It looks like they brought one of the kids with them, a little hairy kid. Yeah, that's what it did look like. But um, that was, an, that, yeah, man, that was the time as well though with, with, with all the cameras. The after party, the after party is the best thing about competitive eating, right? Because there's a lot Can of people think- the smell on that bus? Oh my God. <laughs> but a lot of people think there's like- uh, proper animosity, you know, between people that compete. And it's weird. I think it's because we're all kind of like-mindedly odd in that we do this kind of thing yeah. that everyone likes each other, you know, so, and the after parties are mad. A lot of people won't know. There's a guy called uh, Badlands Booker who has a YouTube channel called Badlands Chugs. Yeah. Who's like, I think he's on like 3 million subs now. Is he? Yeah, but he's, a, he's like a rap. In fact, to, to get to Nathan's, I beat, I beat Badlands, right? And it, I felt so bad because he had qualified for like 20 years in a row. And I was the first guy to come along and like- <laughs> Knock him off. And we were outside the city field, you know, baseball stadium. And I beat him and I'm like, oh man, I, I felt bad because he's such a nice dude. But yeah, the after party, we're at this bar and he's like rapping because he's like a rapper oh, as well, wow. right? He has like, he does a bunch of songs. Um, and there's like, it was surreal. You got him rapping and then you got, um, I remember Stoney came in as well. It was, uh, I know I keep mentioning, but that's because he's the most relatable person yeah, yeah. people are going to know. But I remember he's like, oh, he's like, oh, Bia, do you want to drink? And he buys me like a Guinness, probably because he thinks, you know, because I've got an Irish surname or whatever. I'm into Guinness. And it's like, there's there's a really kind of positive environment, you know? It must be nice as well, like, because what, what a culture shift to be like a Brit going into an American dominated environment to be able to just see, because uh, when I'm in America, 
that's what I love the most is just seeing how they interact, like, you know, the different sort of music scenes, like all that sort of thing. To, so for you to get thrown in as just this little hairy Brit. I love that though. That, yeah. That's part of the, that's, I think that's part of the gimmick for, that's why I think Major League Eating let me join in the first place. Part of it is, you know, like a, a little bit of transatlantic rivalry and stuff. Yeah, and they yeah. can see, cause there aren't many, there's one Japanese guy, there's one Canadian guy. Um, and, and me, well, pretty much the only internationals in there right now. I think Nella this is there. She's like an Aussie, but she doesn't really compete. Uh, no, she's from New Zealand actually. Um, but, um, yeah, I love that though, because like, I would love to go, it probably would be a bit much, but like turn up to Nathan's in like, uh, I don't know, like a crown or something or like, with, with, oh, like yeah, a, play up to it. or like, I wanted to, I wanted to take on like, um, some like tea, you know, some chat, like yeah. some fine china. Cause there, there was, a, there was a game when the, the, uh, in 2019, when the USA, like, I think the women's football team were taking the piss out of the English team right, by okay. doing like a tea celebration. Yeah, I think yeah, yeah. I thought that'd be, that'd be fun. Instead I had to settle for Union Jack. Not that I'm like a, a nationalist or anything. I'm <laughs> far from it, but Union Jack, like wristbands and stuff. I like that. You kind of get off on being a bit of a heel. It's kind of like wrestling, you know? That's what Tyson Fury did though in his recent fight. And he? he came out in a crown and like, he, I reckon he could play that. Yeah, especially if it's when it's American dominated, yeah. part of the buzz is it's kind of like being an international rep, right? It's like being in the Olympics or something daft like that because you're like you're out there for your for your country, right? <laughs> and especially when you have got people who are who are really good, like in my first, second, third contest, beating people that were ranked like twelfth, seventh, fourth. You know, as a British dude, it kind of feels like. You're kind of rocking the boat a bit and that, that's just fun to me you know mate it's class and i see you've got, you've got the number one spot in the uk so you're winning that it's not hard though because i'm the only person that competes <laughs> <laughs> any final comments misty beard about uh, this whole scene uh no not really i think maybe just like we'll, we'll do something more for, i don't find it that interesting so i think nah. maybe we'll, the, 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 next if you want to hear anything else about it let us know but um next episode we'll probably talk about something um which i find more fun i don't know yeah we'll see what we I mean, that, that, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure. Those that are listening and uh, watching, check us out on Spotify. We're, we're pushing for that Spotify gig. We're, we're ranking, so we need to keep pushing up that ranking. This, this episode might, might do that. Uh, might do that. Some <laughs> might harm, down. Alan Carr might go above us now. Bollocks. Yeah. Um, above Alan Carr, though. Yeah. Always want to be on top of Alan Carr. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will uh, follow us on social media at Breaking Bread PD. Uh, you can find Beard at Beard Meets Food. Me at the Josh Goodgen, and uh, catch you on the next one. Please.